The Overcome and Conquer show is presented by The Project. The Project is a full immersion, 75-hour experience designed for men who know in their core they are not living up to their fullest potential. Rather than waking up every morning ready to dominate life, the mediocre man rolls out of bed and slides into the same unfulfilling routine they've unhappily been in for way too long. The project is for men that have lost their internal flame and motivation to conquer. It's for men living an unfulfilling life that lacks excitement and purpose. Sound familiar? Then listen up. The project is specifically designed to challenge you mentally and physically. We push you to the ledge of self-limiting beliefs and prove you've got much more in the tank. We kill the bitch and unleash the beast. We uncover the demons that hold you back and turn extreme pain into superpowers to dominate life. In the end, we turn mediocre men into modern day knights. We forge a brotherhood and bond that levels you up as a better husband, father, and friend. But the project is not for every man. In fact, it's not for most. For men who are okay with being in a rut and achieving less than their fullest potential, the project isn't for you. If you're not willing to put in the work to fix what isn't working, the project isn't for you. However, if you're done white-knuckling it through life, living one day at a time with no sense of purpose, and are willing to do what it takes to improve, the project holds the key to unlocking the next chapter. Graduates of the project join a brotherhood of modern-day knights and become the authors of their destiny. They have their fire reignited and reclaim dominance over their family, fitness, finances, and faith. If this resonates with you and you want to learn more, we encourage you to apply today at www.mdkproject.com forward slash OC show. Everybody wants to be on top of the mountain. The problem nowadays is people want to get dropped off at the top of the hill and look down. It's that I overcome mindset that makes all the difference. See, the way we're taught is you're going to claw, you're going to scratch, you're going to bite, you're going to dig, you're going to do whatever it takes to get to the top of that mountain. That unequivocally is how I have managed to keep myself moving forward and finding success. Two seals, one mission. The Overcome and Conquer Show. Welcome back to the Overcome and Conquer show. It is another incredible episode where we discuss topics to crush adversity, lead yourself to success, build the best human version of yourself that is possible. Wow. Did you, did you, I just <laughs> yeah. got, I got a little aroused there. I, I got a little aroused. Don't tell your wife. And producer Ryan, don't, don't let that. Just, as a matter of fact, erase that out. Please, just stop that right <laughs> no, now. I feel both uh, excited and uncomfortable right now. I'm going to do something different um, than, I've, than I've ever done before. Yeah, I know that's, that's coming a lot, <laughs> coming from me. But since producer Ryan has made us do this new setup, which I like. Where we get to gaze longingly. I'm not even going to look at the guest today. Even when I ask this person questions, I'm just going to look at you until it gets uncomfortable. But I will say that I've already noticed that the guest cannot stop looking at us. Well. Because, I mean, look at us. And I don't want to talk too much about <laughs> yeah, the guest. Because we, we told him to be quiet right but now. But I he, will say that uh, he he is a, a, a green brother, meaning he hails from that other branch of service, the long, long rivalry between the United States Navy and and the Coast Guard? That other branch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't know who. Uh, the, the United States Amory. Oh, Am, oh, oh. Am, Army. Army. Oh, Army. Okay. Army. Okay. Okay. And uh, he he uh, he wears a green beret. But one of the first things I noticed about him and is uh, his lack of hair. Oh my god! So there's no doubt he couldn't have been a seal because seals. It, it's mm -hmm. a known fact they I, must have good hair. I actually thought when I first saw him, it was Johnny Primaveras that was popping on. Very good friend of mine. He's laughing because obviously he knows Johnny. Um, but he but he's not. Um, he's better looking than Johnny, so I'll at least give you that. You still aren't working with much, but you're better looking than Johnny, who's a very good friend of mine. So anyway, on another topic, what have you been up to, LT? What is going on with you? You've been crushing it with book sales, with speaking, with coaching. I think I just pretty much said what everything you've been doing. Talk to me. Yeah, I got nothing, dude. You summed it all up. No, nah, it's been good, man. Mm -hmm. uh, we have hit the ground running in uh, 2020, man. So uh, it's been exciting. The company is growing. We're speaking. Uh, one of my goals was to speak international this year. So uh, mm -hmm. I just uh, got to do a speaking event in um, 
in February in Aruba hmm. and took the long-haired admiral with me. So we got to spend a couple of days down there enjoying uh, the Aruba, I don't even know how you say it, the Arubian culture. Yeah, I remember leaving you a nice DM when you, so, it was 30 degrees yeah, and you were yeah, laying right. by the pool. <laughs> with, a, with a pina colada. And what else is going on? You have a book out now. What's that book called? I don't, <laughs> what's the book called Tell it's called everybody. overcome overcome okay. yeah absolutely it's doing great the people that are responding back the people that are reading it it's been phenomenal the uh the reviews we're at a uh, hundred reviews right now on amazon uh almost every one of five star reviews so we're five stars across people are just talking about the life lessons that are in it uh they love the concept of getting off the x and obviously that's what i'm speaking about so those two things are coming together and uh the new um JR Overcome app mm -hmm. just went live. Yep. So both uh, online courses and uh, the Overcome Army group coaching program is on there. So it's been exciting. Uh, you can go right through the website for that also, jasonredman.com. And from a person who likes to pick on you more than anybody else on the planet, ladies and gentlemen, the book is amazing. If you have not read it, get the book. If you don't like the book, I'll give you, I will pay the person their money back because this is what I'm going to tell you. I never make a bet that I know I can lose on. I won't. The book is that good. It's probably one of the first books in a long time that I've actually read. I could not put the book down. Uh, there's been a few. And we did keep it under three syllable words. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's laughing. See, this is what I hate is that when I give this guy a compliment, he has to be an asshole <laughs> and ruin it. So no more compliments. Go ahead. All right. But it's all good, man. It's all good. We, what, what have you been up to? Uh, let's see, guys. Since Real quick. Wrong. I know because they're a guest. I cannot wait to have him talk. Um, LTD, Leadership Train Development, uh, Team Training Development, excuse me, has been taking off. We are speaking what nationwide. It? It's where we go around and we focus on businesses and companies working on the four pillars of success. Teamwork, problem solving, leadership, and communication. Something that you and I and their guest knows very well. Focusing on the four F-bomb. Literally, we go around the companies and we expose their weaknesses and then we teach them instead of um, hiding from them or discarding them to embrace them and magnify them so they can learn from it. Because that's how people at our, our level in the spec ops community are so successful because um, we don't run from our weaknesses. We expose them and then we learn from them. Um, the project is still taking off. We're crushing that. Um, you wait, know, wait, wait. Did you mention the project? The project. The presenting sponsor the of presenting the Overcoming sponsor <laughs> of the Overcoming, yes. Wow. So uh, myself, Bedros Cooley, and Aaron Halandrino, Matt the Stud Schneider, and Steve Eckhart are literally um, packing them in every other month, 16 individuals, men between the ages of, we've had as young as 20 all the way up to 55 who are lost, who are missing something in their lives, who want to conquer and dominate their life, overcome adversity, right? This all sounds familiar. Love, love it, love um, it to be the best individuals they can so they can be dominators of life. So guys, check it out. You can go to www.mdkproject.com and that's what I'm doing. And LTD. And LTD. Where L do they go for LTD? Because uh, I got to tell you right now, I mean, I'm speaking to all these companies, mm -hmm. which has been fantastic, yeah. but I know, I know so many of these companies are looking for uh, that teamwork aspect. Yeah, also. and we actually have a website. It's www. Uh, or you can just put in the ltdproject.com. Just put that in. It's the easiest way to do it. And you will see my sexy face and Steve Eckhart, who's a Marine seven-figure entrepreneur doing what we do best. Sir? All right. I love it, man. Well, that's awesome. That's what we got going on. Producer Ryan? I just got my real estate license, so that's good. Holy smokes. So you are a man of many talents. Getting yes. yourself in shape. Mm, just yeah, got your real pounds, estate license, real estate. and you are an audio genius. Yeah, Super genius. You go, baby girl. There. So, you go, yeah. baby girl. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So we have uh, been denying the amazing and awesomeness of our guest. You know... I mean, there is always that professional rivalry between the Army and the Navy, but I, I will be honest, man, I worked with Green Berets. Uh, obviously, I went to Ranger School and worked with Rangers. Much, much, much respect for our, our Green Brothers. We will always poke fun at them, uh, and they poke fun at us. I mean, you know, I don't talk to a single Army guy now who often asks me, so, you know, how many missions were you on? And and is it mandatory in every mission brief that you guys have to submit a book proposal and a movie deal now? <laughs> so, you know, oh, look, he's I, hear it, yeah, uh, I hear it from my Army brethren, but, uh, but it's all good. There's much respect. So let me tell you who this guy is. Yeah. We are really honored to have him on. 
Uh, like me, he is a member of the Got All Shot Up Club. And uh, we're laughing. So, Sorry, I know. Wow. yeah, he, he, he is a Green Beret and uh, he endured. Uh, he, he got shot up in the abdomen and almost took his life. And we're going to talk more about that. Uh, it it did massive damage internally, removed uh, part of his colon, fractured hip, damaged femoral nerve and uh, uh, six surgeries and left him with all kinds of incredible scars. I was looking at him online. You know, as a man who can appreciate scars, but at, like so many of our wounded warriors, so many of our guys and gals that are out there that have been injured and have been to war, he had a hell of a struggle back <clears throat> and, and coming back, overcoming those things with both the sport of his community, the sport of his mindset, the sport of his faith, the sport of his wife. He came back and just overcame and conquered what this show is all about and went on to earn, get this guys. Yeah. I'm a little afraid to have this guy on. I won't. I won't lie. He's so smart. How do you think I feel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he earned dual master's degrees from. Hang on, I got to hold my pinky up when I say this. Harvard, Kennedy School of Government, and the MIT Sloan School of Management. I can't even wow. spell Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even spell MIT. Uh, yes, I can. You can't wearing, even spell MIT. He's wearing a Harvard shirt, so I know how to spell it. So, but hey, <laughs> his name is Kevin. And I'm going to butcher that. Kevin Flyke? Yes. Nobody okay. ever gets it on the first try. Yes. Awesome. Wow. Well, second for that's what time. every woman has ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, but Kevin is doing amazing things. Uh, his mission is to, uh, is to get out there and inspire others and help them with their own journey, physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. He has got a website, woundedbywar.com, and he is getting out there. He's got a Facebook page, Instagram. We're going to talk about all of that later. But uh, he is an amazing guy. He is, a, he is a board member of the Green Beret Foundation, so supporting fellow Green Berets and programs that are supporting our Green Berets and Wounded Warriors and their families. So, Kevin, even though you are not a SEAL, <laughs> we are honored as a member of the special operations community to have you on the Overcome and Conquer show. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thank you guys so much. It's an absolute honor. And uh, I'll share a little secret with you. The reason why I got interested in special operations community is because I went to an all boys Catholic military school for six years in upstate New York. And so my freshman year during military science class, they let us watch uh, that Navy SEAL Hell Week video that was on the Discovery Channel. I knew it. And so half the class is like looking out the window and not paying attention because you're 14. And the other half is like, why the hell would anybody want to do that? And I <laughs> sat in my chair and I'm like, that looks awesome. Like that is what I want to do with my life. So I'll throw that out there and give you guys that one. You know, what's funny you is we were talking and we were actually going to make jokes about how your motivation um, in life was to actually be a Navy SEAL and- and you, you just, just you actually solidified it. it. You did. You, actually you ruined it. it. True. We had all these so. jokes, these comebacks. Literally, half of our show is over with now. So I don't <laughs> know right. what to do. I'm well, gonna... hey, thanks for coming to the yeah. Overcome and Conquer show. But uh, we're yeah. <laughs> no, but honestly... when I when I started losing my hair at 18, I knew it just the seal. Yeah, thing. yeah it was it's true. There's no me. doubt about it, man. You got to have great hair. We we I will say we allow guys to stay if they lose their hair later. But Doing. if you come in without yeah. it, you're, you're just fucked. out of luck. You're fucked. Yeah, sorry. So true story. Kevin and I linked up. Months ago, um, we started talking on Instagram. Was it Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. And slid, in, slid into your DMs. Yeah. Slid into my DMs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. That's what she said. Did you? And no. Was there any foreplay? As soon as we this started happened. chatting, um, you know, as soon as someone reaches out to me, I look them up. The story was amazing. I told Jason, we got to get this guy on. His schedule's been so busy. We finally got you on. So, we, sir, I want to thank you for your time, um, you know, taking time out of your busy schedule. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we can help spread the message and the good word for everything that you're doing um, for the community. Absolutely. And I, and I just want to say that show, the Hell Week show, the two, Class 234, uh, I actually watch it now and I think to myself, why would anybody want to do that? And, you know, yeah. so, you know, I, I feel the same way. Ours was ours. <laughs> Our class was so much harder. 200. It was the last was, hard class. It was the hard class. Last yeah. hard class that ever went through training. So, all right, well, listen, let's jump into the word of the day because I think it summarizes who Kevin is and it's really going to build the baseline of everything this show is about today. So, <clears throat> Captain Care. Yes, sir. Would you do the honors? I will. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. As I clear my throat. The word of the day is resilient. Now, again, 
Kevin, just so you understand, I take this right off the, the Google search. Um, I'm going to say what it is. I'll give a little bit of my interpretation. But what everybody wants to know is what your definition is and why you chose it. Obviously, we know why you chose it, but if you can elaborate on it. So resilient, uh, able to withstand or recover quickly from uh, difficult situations, which I think obviously applies to you uh, as far as maybe the physical um, ailment of getting better, you know, the, going through the healing, the physical um, healing. But what a lot of people don't realize is, and again, this is from having long talks with Jason and other people that have been injured in combat, um, the mental healing takes much, much longer. So can you go ahead and elaborate on that? And I'm when, I, when I'm talking about this, you'll never hear me joke because obviously you've been through and Jason has been through something very traumatic, but can you elaborate on why you chose that word and what it means to you, sir? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, resilient uh, or, you know, just the, the, the ability to be resilient um, and possess this, this skill is absolutely instrumental in success as an organization, as a company on the individual level. Life is hard. Right. And the older I get, the harder it gets with all the things that come out there. You know, I thought for a long time after I got hurt, I was like, well, once I recover from this, once I get out of the teams, man, my life will be easy. Now, it's, it's still hard. It's just a, a different type of hard. And so you know, I really came to understand that a good team, a good company, organization, individual, you have to have possess this ability to be resilient. Like the best teams I've been a part of, organizations, people that I look up to, it's not that they've had a life that doesn't have hardship. It's that they've had a life with hardship, but they've developed resilience over time. They have this ability to bounce back, like to use your two words, right? They have this ability to overcome and conquer. And so every time that they face these difficulties in life, they have an opportunity for themselves to get better, right? An opportunity for themselves to go out and learn from that experience, come out on the other end, and then take on life challenges even more so. So for me, you know, resilience is, is my definition of, I think, what my experience has been and what I try to install in people. I love it. Amen. I, I don't know how, what else to say besides amen, because uh, you definitely are the definition of it, sir. Where, but where did all that start? I mean, obviously, it's a big question that I get asked a lot. And I, I think, uh, I mean, as a Green Beret, as SEALs, people look to us because obviously just the training alone is very difficult. It's designed to build uh, resilience in people. But so for you, and does that come naturally? Because I have a lot of people that say, can it be built or do you naturally have it? I personally think it's a combination of both. But where did you come from and what led you to join the Army and go down that path? Yeah, so I'll start off and say I think it's a combination of both, right? I think that there's some people that just have certain things in their DNA, you know, leadership, the ability to overcome. Um, but I also think at the same token, right, that a lot of the, the, one of the biggest things that I learned when I joined the Army was like how much you can teach these things, how much you can teach leadership. Um, if people are willing to get out of their comfort zone, then you have an incredible ability uh, to learn these types of things like this resilience. You know, I look back at my childhood and I think it started there. I came from a family of entrepreneurs. My father was second to last in his high school class, uh, didn't graduate college, was dirt poor, uh, but kind of looked around and said, you know, I want to make some money. And so I had a dream, had a vision, wasn't deterred by that, started like 10 companies on his 11th iteration. He really struck it, uh, you know, struck it and, and figured out what he needed to be doing with his life. And you know, at one point, his company was doing like $20 million in revenue a year. So he becomes a multimillionaire, changes the fortunes of our family. And so that's the environment I grew up in. And so we worked, we went to school, and we played sports, right? So I saw this on a day in and day out basis of what you can do if you have a vision and you are willing to just work like an absolute maniac for it. You know, my mother supported him. She supported my brothers and I. And every day before we went to school, she would always say, you're a flake, you're an achiever. But she didn't say you're owed anything. You don't deserve things. No, you need to get your ass out there. You need to work and you need to get things done. All right, so I saw this example with my father. I had a mother who just believed in us, like an undying faith. And I think that that's what really sparked the fire for me, just seeing what I was, I was capable of anything. Like if another human being had done it. You know, then I saw that Navy SEAL Hell Week video and when I was 14 and going to this all boys Catholic military school, right? Like 
I we learned three young. main things. <laughs> oh yeah. Let me tell you much different high school experience than most people. I, uh, I learned to love God, to love country and to put others above yourself. And it, I thought that for me, joining the military and serving in that capacity was the way for me to put other people above myself. And so what? I had this fast. Kevin, can I, I, can I interrupt for just a minute? So just because, yeah. uh, you know, obviously it sounds like your background with what your, your father did. He did very successful businessman. Um, did you have anyone in your family that was military or any, even any influence in the school that was military? I'm just kind of wondering if you had any role models or anyone that led you that way, or really was it that, that, uh, was it the, Navy SEAL video that (laughs) (laughs) uh, should I say it one more time? The Navy SEAL SEAL. video. No, on a serious note though, it's always interesting to me what brings people towards the military and, and, and if it didn't come from your family, where did that come from? And what did your parents think about that? Yes. I mean, so it definitely did come from my family, right? Like my grandfather was a world war two vet and, and my family world war two and the study of world war two has just, you know, that was a, I would be like six years old watching war movies with my dad. And because he was just fascinated with the path that his father took. And I think the fascination for him developed because that generation never talked about anything. My my grandfather never talked to my father about taking down concentration camps in Germany until his deathbed. And so I think my father always just had this longing to learn more and more about it. So that kind of was projected onto us. And, you know, we we'll love learning about, uh, you know, World War II in, in history like that. And then had a bunch of uncles that were that served also, um, and just you know kind of saw that capacity. It was always very interesting to me. And then kind of fast forward, like nine eleven happens my senior year of high school, so it's it's this fascination that develops. Nine eleven happens, so now it's like this absolute duty to do it. And I go to college with the full intention of saying like, hey, when I graduate, I am going to join the military, and I am going to tailor my studies here towards you know doing this. And I want to be in special operations. Okay. And so when I did the research on everything, you see the Green Berets, I see the, the mission, they oppress Oliver, to free the oppressed. And like, that's what I want to do. So like minored in Mandarin Chinese, minor in East Asian studies, majored in political science. And then, you know, told my family, told my friends, this is what I want to do. And, you know, all of a sudden, everybody had an opinion on what I should be doing with my life. Um, and a lot of people were like, you know, what are you doing? You're walking away from a multi-million dollar family business. Um, but at the end of the day, no matter what people said to me, it, it couldn't deter me. Right. I mean, it was unpopular. I had 508 people in my graduating class of high school or college, four of them joined the military. I was the only person to enlist. Uh, but. And what did you, what did it. your parents think about that? I mean, I, I'm always kind of intrigued when we break the norm, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to leave a multi-million dollar family business for, let's say, starting off twenty six to $30,000 a year, but I'm going to chase my lifelong dream. What did mom and dad say? So my mom was actually the most supportive person out there. Um, she was like, look, like this is your dream. You've been talking about this since you're 14 years old, and I think you'll be amazing at it. You have to do this. Otherwise, you're going to regret it the rest of your life. Nice. I like that. Um, my father, on the other hand, I think he was just – not disappointed, but it's a, like, you know, he'd spent his like, pretty much adult life building this business with the intention on handing it off uh, to me. So I think that that was a little disappointing to him on that regard. And then he, I think, understood the gravity of like the, the roles I was going after and how dangerous they would be more so than most people, you know, as a parent. And now as a parent of I have a six and three year old, I'm understanding a little bit more about what I put my parents through when I made these decisions here. It would ultimately you know, a lot of people came around and, and were incredibly supportive of the decision. And you said you played football. What college and what position? Because I'm not going to lie to you. You don't look like a lot to me right now. Well, you know, I'm a little. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all division right. So four? I, I what played did you play? At, uh, yeah, I played at a place called Union College, small division three school. But real, um, you know, when I was there, uh, division three powerhouse and turning back into that, too. Um, so I am about 180, 185 pounds right now because I'm training for the Boston Marathon in April, um, which, you know, eight and a half years ago, people told me I'd be lucky to walk again. And the uh, so 
I, I'm down right now on weight, but I played uh, I played about 225. I played inside linebacker. I alternated between some long hair and a mohawk uh, back when I had a little bit more on top of the head. And then the comb over gradually <laughs> came in. Okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, hey, luckily, just like being on a team, right, in Afghanistan, you can wear your helmet. So your hair hangs out the bottom and it looks pretty damn awesome. But underneath, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting pretty bad. <laughs> you know, remind me to get to a story about Mazul back in the day with some other things I did. But uh, let's let's either let's fast forward from school and join in the military, or let's rewind to 2011, if you don't mind. Yeah, no problem. Uh, second deployment, Special Forces Group. Let's talk about the 11-hour fire uh, firefight with the Taliban, and to keep it light and have some fun. I want to know why Jason's firefight was only fucking 40 minutes long and you are still here in 11 hours. So I'm just saying, maybe you should write a book that says I was in a firefight for I did 10 a, hours I did and 20 minutes longer than Jason Redman. But no, go ahead. It's kind of like my sex life. It's just really fast and yeah. furious. <laughs> yeah. So no, I just, yeah. 11 hours is, I mean, if anybody's been in a firefight, two minutes feels like an eternity. Yeah, that's a long fire versus, you know, 40 minutes versus 11 fucking hours. So can you get an elaborate on that? Yeah, so it, was, it was probably more like 10. I don't want to give too much credit to, to my team <laughs> and myself. Okay. Okay. I thought you were going to say like two, <laughs> yeah. but okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know what? I'm done with this podcast because yeah. I mean, it was yeah. it was 11 this guy's and now a, it's only 10. This guy's that's a such BS. Yeah. You're a fucking fraud, you know, man. My God. You weren't even shot. So. Yeah. The, uh, so, well, actually, um, I wasn't on the final task org that went out for that mission. So I didn't get my purple heart for like two months because guys on the team had to sign sworn statements that I was actually on the mission. Oh, no kidding. That's fine. Uh, yeah. But, um, that, that's because, uh, you know, I had to beg, borrow and steal to get on this mission. I wasn't originally on the task org, but, uh, the, you know, I tell people, look, like 10 hour firefight, it's not going to be like watching Black Hawk down where it's just like bullets flying all over the place. I mean, you know, you'd be out of bullets and what a matter of 15 minutes right there. And, and so, you know, 10 hours elapses right from first shot fired until, you know, last shot fired. And throughout that whole time, there's going to be a lot of shooting, there's gonna be a lot of moving, a lot of communicating. Um, it's the end of September, so it's almost 100 degrees. And I mean, there's going to be times where you're got to call a halt and you're gonna take 30 40 minute break there and you know things start to pick back up again and you keep rolling there so you know it, it's not like uh you know it's the whole time just running and gunning but kevin, um, kevin where was this uh you know southern eastern western afghanistan so this is in the northwestern part of afghanistan the faryab province um, okay so I pretty, pretty rugged terrain yeah. out there yeah. Pr pretty pretty brutal i mean that is uh yeah pretty rough stuff we i did both my deployments in the north we had all of RC North with the Afghan commando mission, spent the majority of our second deployments in that Northwestern part in Faryab mm -hmm. province. And I mean, just to give people an idea how bad that place was, like the second time we went out there, we got attacked by 60 people one night and then the next night, 20 people. And so it was kind of an untouched area. So there was a lot of, uh, a lot of fighting to do out there. Yeah. It's wild, wild west out there. Yeah. I know that, that area. Well, Hey guys, this is Ray from the Overcome and Conquer Show, and we are proud to announce that Icon Meals is our mid-roll sponsor. Icon is an industry leader in cryovac meal technology. What does that mean, guys? You are going to get the freshest meals delivered to you next day service. Another key factor of why I love Icon Meals is they have two menus, guys. They have the signature menu and the custom meals. So if you're like me and you need more protein or less carbs and you're on the go and fitness is your life, you can make a customizable meal. And or if you're just looking for the standard healthy meal choice, you can. So everything is organized for you. So ladies and gentlemen, Icon Meals has taken all the work out of it. All you have to do is put in what you want and they will provide what you need. And it doesn't end there. They also offer popcorn, seasonings, coffee, cookies, crisp bread, and gift cards. So guys, check them out at www.iconmeals.com. So, so okay, you go, go ahead. No, 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 go, no, no, go, no, go. So after you, you, you get in this, you. and, and I, again, I'm, I'm kind of taking this off of what Jason's went through. So apologize, and I'm being serious here. Um, so you're in this horrific firefight, and again, ladies and gentlemen, firefights don't last that long. There's there's laws, and you go on. But the minute that you you initially took contact, that you personally got hit, boom, right? 
How long did it take you, and I'm going to use Jason's thing, to get off the X, is that okay? Um, to get to, <laughs> to, a safe, to a safe place, right? To get to a hard point or wherever it is. In that terrain, it's pretty tough. I get a royalty. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, what I always find interesting and what I want to talk about here is, you know, the length of time it took you to get from where you were, which is hell, to the hospital. And then what I always think and the, the, the readers or the viewers or whoever it is that are listening or reading this is what the fuck was going through your mind? This is the question that I always ask warriors that got hit um, is what the fuck was going through your mind when, you know, you're shot to hell and you know that you've you are still in the middle of nowhere and you've got to get the safety um, to get operated on. What is going through your mind and how long did it take you to get from point A to where, you know, to pretty much to the recovery room or operating room? Yeah. So we, um, to kind of use a uh, steel Jason's term about getting off the X, you know, my last words before I got Royalty. shot were, yeah, <laughs> if we don't get off this fucking roof, we're going to get shot right now. Yeah. And I said that to the, to the Afghans. And I mean, those dudes didn't speak English, but they knew what I said, man, because they practically jumped off that roof. And then I went around the corner of a building to try to reorganize my squad. I was going to already attack downhill into a uh, dry riverbed that we were taking fire from at that point. And, you know, all of a sudden I go around this corner of the building, man, it feels like I get hit in the stomach with a sledgehammer and just the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. Jason, I mean, you, I mean, you probably know, man, I was just fighting to like keep myself conscious. And, you know, Did, and it hit, hit you, the, I'm, I'm assuming it hit you. Uh, and was it only one round that you got hit with? Did you get hit in the body armor at all? Or did it go? No, man. One, one round. And um, right and yeah. right under the body armor? Like like an inch below oh, the body. Yeah, yeah. those yeah. are the worst. It's common. Did you wear, just just because I'm curious, did you wear a uh, groin protector? No. I didn't no, either. I didn't. Those things just got in the no. way. Fucking, yeah. But yeah. I, uh, anyways, I was just wondering. It's got, because we had some guys that are always worried about getting shot in the junk. So yeah. they would wear them. And I'm like, dude, that thing just gets in the way. Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah. Obstructs, especially so, if you got a giant All right. Cock. So you got hit and, <clears throat> and dude, like, holy shit, what just happened? Yeah. I mean, lifted into the air. My body slams off the ground, man. I, I grab and I'm just fighting to stay conscious, right? I, the pain, when you, the bullet fractured my hip, hit my femoral nerve, I had this pain shooting down my left leg. And I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, you got shot in the leg. And like immediately a like a lightning bolt is how i describe it electricity man yeah. just the absolute shock electricity going down the leg especially because it hit the nerve it hit my femoral nerve so it severed it not severed it but damaged it at that point so that you know it was paralyzed and you know i, I crawl back on i crawl on my hands and knees get my headphones call my teammates let them know the situation and then i'm just sitting out in the open man and all of a sudden it's like this, like the training that I'd practiced a thousand times just flashed in my mind. Like, all right, you got hit in the leg. You have two minutes to live because your femoral artery probably got hit. Let's go. Grab your tourniquet, start patting up and down the leg. It's trying to see where the blood was coming from. So you know where to put the tourniquet, but couldn't find anything. And about that third pass up, so I was hit in the stomach. Saw a little, just a little blood. All the bleeding was internal. Mm. At that point, man, there's absolutely nothing I could do except for sit out in the middle of the open. Mm. And it was just, like years it felt like years like the minutes that went by there how, how long before you notified the guys and said hey man i'm hit it, almost instantaneously okay. after got shot composed myself called them and then started the self-treatment uh, of everything and i called my teammates again i'll let them know how, how dire the situation was the fight had picked up at that point they're pinned down trying to get to me and then i look up and an Afghan that I've trained for, for almost two years at that point now runs out into the open, takes me by my body armor. Well, we got bullets flying around us and dragged me behind cover. Uh, you know, finally gets me, gets me behind some safety. The team starts flooding in, start to frantically work on me. Guys coming up to the medic saying, Hey, is Kevin going to make it or not? He's like, man, I, I don't know. It looks pretty bad. Little did they know, I could hear them the whole time. I was just wondering, was like, are they saying this fucking in front of you? Yeah. Yes. You're not helping, guys. <laughs> hey, guys, like, who hadn't paid me a compliment in, like, years, coming up to me with tears in their eyes, telling me how much they love me. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, this is it, man. Like, you've had a lot of close calls over the, the past two deployments, and this is, uh, 
this is this is it for you. So with every minute that, that went by, I really started to think that, that was that was it for me. And so we had about 45 minutes because this is you know back out in northwest Afghanistan, Faryab province. It's cowboy and Indian country out there, and you know you're you're, you're far away from a lot of stuff out there. So it took 45 minutes for me to get medevac, right? So from the time of injury to the time I got loaded onto the bird. And my teammates and the commandos, they, they had to go through some open fields. They're getting shot at. They're returning fire. They're going through the maze that is an Afghan village. They finally get me on the bird. Fifteen minutes later, they get me to the surgery tent. Once I'm there, they start cutting the uniform off and asking me a series of questions. Mm-hmm. And then the surgeon's like, do you have any questions? I said, well, yes, yeah, sir. Am I going to live? And he's like, I don't know, man. It looks pretty bad hanging there. Do you have any last requests? So I asked yeah. him to save the bullet which I do have now at home, but uh, I was pretty sure I was going to die. So I well, said, I need a Catholic priest to give me my last rites. Was it a nine millimeter round? <laughs> it was a 22. <laughs> 22. Actually. Was just thinking, you know, I'm not going to lie. Know, you know, only gun people get like right now. People are like, what, what, what? Yeah. what is he talking about? And Kevin, I'm not going to lie. If he would have said, do you have a, a last request? I've been like, yeah, save my fucking life. So I don't die. Yeah. You know I mean, I don't, yeah. you know, holy shit. Wow. That's uh, but uh, yeah, man, I'll never forget that mask coming down my face and me just saying goodbye to this world yeah. and asking God for forgiveness for my sins. And wow. my first recollection occurred uh, four days later when I asked someone if I was in heaven or hell. And they're like, no, nah, man, you're, you're in Launchstool Regional Medical Center here in Germany. <laughs> and you were like, so which is that? <laughs> is that heaven yeah. or hell? Where am I? For your purgatory? What's yeah. going on? I need here? a little more clarity here. Yeah. And then uh, kind of like in true, like, team guy fashion man i was in intensive care there i've my stomach cut open i'm crying all the time i'm very emotional and a buddy of mine who got hit with two grenades and shot about a year earlier he was uh lno there and he walks in does a little chit chat with me and then he's like hey man listen Plenty of people have been shot. Don't be a fucking pussy about this. <laughs> the brothers always got, out, yeah, always know how to you support gotta, you and say just the right thing. One of one of my guys wrote uh, that they were all signed. I got one of those. Um, I got one of those quilts of valor. I think they were the quilt. You know, yeah. where, so and then everybody started signing it. So one of my one of my good teammates wrote on it. Stop. Uh, what did he say? Stop being a pussy. Get back to the war. Stop being lazy and get back to the war. Napping <laughs> yeah. on the so, job. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, my, when my team got back home four months later, man, I went to to, to the green ramp to, to see them. And, you know, the first thing they get off, like, dude, we thought we we taught you to take cover during a firefight. What's going on? Yeah. Man? Like, wow. So I, I think a lot of that humor, right, that, uh, that we possess and the ability to poke fun at situations like that is honestly, you know, what got me through things. It's so um, true. But then, yeah, yeah, you know, understanding right right off the bat that I couldn't feel sorry for myself. Um, was is absolutely instrumental. And when I got to Brook Army Medical Center, and I'm seeing guys missing arms, legs, you know, burned from head to toe, and I'm like, damn, man, you're, you're pretty lucky to be in the condition you're in. But so let's fast forward though, because I mean, I think for so many of us, I went through. Everybody goes through dark times, you know. You, you, you know, a, a lot of times, guys who don't even have the physical injuries go through dark times, and you. You went through some dark times and, and unfortunately, like so many of our guys and gals that are out there, they've been wounded. You know, the military just gives us copious amounts of opiates. And oftentimes many of us end up getting addicted and you went down that road. Talk to me about that path. Um, and, and not only that, how you, how you overcame that, how you overcame the darkness. And I know your wife was an amazing part of that. I mean, um, how did you navigate that path and kind of get to the other side, which I know you're trying to help so many people now with, uh, with, with your new mission with that. Yeah. How did you conquer that? Yeah. So when I, I had my last surgery, it was an experimental surgery at the Mayo Clinic. Um, they took a nerve from my left leg that cut my stomach open again. They grafted that in. Dang. When I woke up from that surgery, it was actually worse than when I got shot, the amount of pain that I was in. And so I was prescribed, uh, 12 pills of Dilaudid, 12 Percocets, and two Valium, total 26 pills a day. Whoa. And at the time, it was like absolutely needed. I mean, it was serving its purpose. Uh, but over time, that, that became like this crutch for me to deal with the reality and the gravity of the situation. And you know, I think the, the survivor's guilt that I felt, right? We had three guys get killed on the deployment. Fourth guy killed himself as soon as we got back. So me kind of, and one of, my, one of the guys is my teammates, um, like one of my best friends, and Ben Wise second boy in his family to actually die in Afghanistan. 
his brother was on uh, SEAL Team 4, got killed in Pop Chapman. And, you know, you're thinking of that and saying, hey, these guys died. Why, why are you still alive, right? Like, what purpose is this? And then also being in just intense physical, mental, and emotional pain and questioning God, like, why did you let me survive my injuries, man, only to suffer so much here? Um, and just kind of also dealing with the trauma of the deployments and the, the, the horrors that you see on, a, on some, some violent uh, missions. So that became my crutch, man, that and alcohol. And I would be able to wean myself down to two or three, four pills a day, but I, I couldn't kick those last few. Like that was my last way to hang on to things until about six months after that surgery, my wife sits me down and she's like, hey, man, is this it? Is this what you're going to do for the rest of your life? I thought you had goals. I thought you had things you wanted to achieve. You know, you think there's any way to honor Ben Wise? And that, man, that was like putting the knife in and just like, and turning it. And uh, it was the, my wife and I have been together since we were 18. We met the first couple weeks of our freshman year in college. We got married in the courthouse at Fort Bragg in Fayetteville, North Carolina. <laughs> and we were 23. You romantic. And, oh, so big. Hey, we went to Tech. Texas Roadhouse afterwards to celebrate. It was that a boy. Look at nice you, man. high roller. <laughs> Wine and dining. Dude, those rolls. Did you, get, <laughs> did you did you let her did you let her get the uh the uh the uh filet or did you you know sorry I, I told her she could have as, as many of uh rolls and the cinnamon butter as she wanted. You know? <laughs> yeah. Fucking you were a high roller. <laughs> On that E four pay. Um and so you know, that was the angriest I'd ever been with her in my life, but I realized right, she was right. And if I wanted to do anything in my life, that was something I had to kick. Mm-hmm. So I drew a line in the sand. I stopped taking pain meds one day and I started studying for grad school exams the next day. And, you know, I think the three things that I think about that helped me get through that, that period and that anybody can apply to a very dark and difficult period of their life is there's three things, right? You need to ask for help. You got to receive help and you got to give help. Right, so I, I, I understood I had something was going on, right? I wasn't sleeping. I was in pain all the time. I was nervous all the time. I sought out help from the psychologist at the first special forces group. And over time, built up a relationship with him to the point that I could share things with him. And he was able to walk me through holistically ways that I could deal with the pain and suffering that I was enduring, which lowered my stress levels, lowered my pain levels, which lowered my reliance on pain meds, right? Receive help. Hey, my wife, she was doing this because she loved me, not because she was against me, not because other people do. Because I, I had some other wounded guys too who were like my best friends. Are like, hey, dude, I'm disappointed in you. I can't believe you're still taking your pain meds. Um, so when people want to give you help, man, they're there because they love you, and you got to receive that help. And another thing is to give help. When you're in these situations, you might think to yourself, how can somebody in this situation actually help somebody else out? Right? Like, I'm suffering. I'm addicted to pain meds and drinking too much. I'm in a terrible, terrible mindset, but I can guarantee you there's other people out there that are doing worse than you and you got a value to bring to them. Mm-hmm. So when I had a buddy of mine reach out to me who had similar injuries, um, it was an incredible opportunity to just be able to actually share with somebody who knew exactly what I was going through. Uh, but also too, it kept my moral compass north. Right? I got off those pain meds. I thought about it every single day, but I knew that he looked up to me. I knew other people looked up to me. I knew I was inspiring people. So I couldn't let those down. So I, I think the three main things that I would say to get through these dark times is the ask for help, receive help, and give help. Powerful. I love it. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's uh, it's cathartic to give back. And, and I'll tell you what, I mean, I like you, I mean, I've lost a lot of friends in, in this war since 9-11. And for me, there are a lot of dudes who are much better team guys than I ever was. So I, I feel like it's my duty to try and give back and be positive and deliver a positive message because those dudes would do anything. I mean, their families would do anything for them to be back. So I feel like it's the greatest disservice and insult to them if I was to lay there and feel sorry for yeah. myself and not not be paying it forward. So yeah. uh, for those yeah. that are out there. Yeah. And, you know, listening to your story, very moving, very compelling. but the true warrior I hear in this story, and I mean this with all due respect, is your wife. Your wife sounds like his wife and my wife, who are best friends, just with all due respect, a fucking savage. And I will tell you this, if Ben was anything, and I'm sure he was a, a spitting image of Jeremy, who I worked with um, for many years in the SEAL teams and other things, we'll leave it at that. Um, I had just left Shark Base when that happened with Jeremy, then... 
um, yes, I'm glad that that name was brought into that topic to get you where you are, because if Ben was anything like Jeremy, Jeremy would have came there and kicked your ass. I can only speak for Jeremy and I'm sure I'm getting goosebumps right now. Cause I, I miss Jeremy so much. Um, fuck. Uh, so I just want to take this time to thank you for getting out of that dark time, but I want to thank your wife even more. I wish she was there cause I give her a big hug and kiss. So, um, because I think she saved a life. That's what I see from what I know and what we've experienced with good fucking motherfuckers who have gone through hell. They've come back and they can't shake those demons. So again, when you see your wife, please thank her from Jason and myself. Certainly. Yeah. Just to give you an idea how, uh, how tough she is. I mean, right when I got out of the hospital, she's giving me a sponge bath and you know, we, I'd been deployed for like three straight years at that point. So you don't really kind of grow apart, right? You come home, you do honeymoon activities and you pack your bags and leave again. And, uh, when we realized like, Hey, this is it. I'm, I'm going to be home. <laughs> bags aren't coming back out. There's not another time we're leaving. The, the problems that had manifested for three years came out. And so uh, you know, she's giving me the sponge bath and, uh, I'm like, Hey, you know, you just want to get a divorce here. And she's like, no, asshole, I'm giving you a sponge bath right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know? She's amazing. I'm trying to live up to her. I mean, she has two master's degrees. That's why I had to go back and get two masters, try to keep an even playing field. Oh, you gotta get, you I'll gotta, show you, you bitch. Get, no, you got to get one more, right? You got to one yeah, over. Well, she, I mean, come on. Well, she's doing her PhD right oh, now. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. You're behind and, the power like, curve. True, true fashion of our family, right? Uh, putting others above yourself. Her PhD is going to be in nursing with a focus on women's homelessness and healthcare issues. So, uh, wow. Well, huge, huge shout out to all the the spouses that are out there. I know mine is rock race. I mean, all 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 of you out there who listen to the Overcome and Conquer show. I know we got a big veteran community, big law enforcement, big mm-hmm. first responder community. I tell you what, our spouses are huge. Uh, they play such a pivotal role. Never downplay. If you are a spouse of a uh, veteran, active duty, law enforcement, mm. first responder, never downplay your role. You know, just that that solid voice saying, hey, you got this. Or that solid voice like Kevin's wife to call you out. Oh, yeah. And my wife will call me out, too, man. The long-haired admiral will yeah. call me out. Uh, it's so critical. Uh, so Dude, a lot of similarities. When I read your book, I was like, is this, is this my wife also too? Like, I, I, inter- like, I, yeah. I interviewed your wife for my book yeah. and I totally, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but on a serious note, a true queen always keeps her, her King in check. Um, yeah. I believe that. I mean, believe me, if, if you knew the story with me and my wife, I mean, I'm put, if I wasn't with my wife, um, I, I don't know where I'd be. Cause she keeps me in check literally probably 23 and a half hours of the day. Um, because if not, you know, as we're all emotional roller coasters, I'm all over the fucking place. Um, I barely can hold a conversation with you, but my wife puts me in check, um, keeps me grounded. And that's why I love her so much. And I mean, and what's so great about spec op wives, uh, military wives, first responder, Jason's wife will do the same damn thing. If we're working out and I do something stupid, she'll call me out. Like I'm Jason. And I'm just like, yes, ma'am. And, and that's what I love about true like warriors because you don't have to be a man to be a warrior you can be a woman and we have that code and you know i respect that and a true warrior will take criticism and also give it even though navy seals don't like to to get it we will definitely fucking give uh, give it um i respect my wife on such a higher level and i'm just like i do yours and jason's because they do that you know um we get cocky we get arrogant we get lazy we we are human you know we do I do everything that a normal person does, but I do it a hundred times better because I'm an overachiever. So when I'm being a bitch, I'm being a bitch a hundred times greater than an average person. You know it. That's um, so true. And my wife, will, <laughs> but my wife will put me in check immediately. And I need that. And I think people like you and I and other people who are alphas, we need that as well. Producer Ryan has never seen that. <laughs> you see, I have, we're like, a, I have we're like a, a family. I have a mirror on my mic so I can see myself. All right. Well, listen, go. Listen. So let's fast forward, man. You have done some amazing things since then. You have come out of the darkness and just been a shining light to so many that are out there. Obviously, crushing your degrees, uh, Harvard and MIT. And, uh, but bigger than that, bigger than that. I mean, those are obviously such (laughs) incredible accomplishments. But what I love even better is you are now trying to give back to, the veteran community and the wounded warrior community. Um, you know, I also am fighting hard against uh, veteran suicide. It's become one of my big passions is mental health, 
uh, brain research, and you were trying to do that through your program, uh, Wounded by War. So tell me a little bit about that, and tell me also about how you ended up being on the uh, being a member of the board of the Green Beret Foundation. So the things that you are now focused on trying to make a difference. Yeah, I think um, I, I when I when I started working with my buddy, um, you know, in, the, in the, that whole concept of giving help. I really enjoyed it and realized how impactful everything could be. And so I wanted to reach a broader audience. So, you know, I figured I'd start writing, right. And just be really candid about my experience um, and the emotions that I was feeling. You know, at the time, you know, I think the, the, the veterans or the special operations suicides were skyrocketing. I was like starting to know more guys that were killing themselves and dying in combat at the time. And so I'm like, I, I got to raise my hand. I got to do something here and I'm going to be really transparent about what I'm going through and the struggles that I have. And cathartic for me to do that and if I can do that then maybe I'll inspire other people to do that right and I'll talk about going to see the first group psychologist that was one of the last things I did when I left first group um the more I did it I thought it was originally just going to be for like wounded vets but I started getting outpouring of support from people who are just civilians like hey this is really powerful stuff here so kind of really focused on um honing my message at grad school taking public speaking classes you know the ability to really tell my story uh, continued writing and really try to, you know, leverage social media to get the message out there, you know, and not shy away from anything. Like talk about being addicted to pain meds, talk about, I just did a post on Instagram the other day about how like the dreams and how bad they were when I came back from my first Afghanistan deployment. So try to get those things out there and, you know, working on a book that it's been in the works for, I don't know, six years <laughs> at this point, probably be a thousand pages at some point. See, if you're uh, a Navy <laughs> SEAL, you'd be done with it by now. It would have been done at the end of your mission brief. It, it was an, another part of the screening process. They're like, That's right. just, you know, yeah, you're, you're not going to do this. Um, so, uh, you know, now really have the opportunity to, through social media, through my website, have the opportunity to, to take the lessons that I learned along the way and give them to other people. And I think that getting shot and going through everything that I went through is the best thing that's ever happened in life Damn because man. it's given me a clarity and a sense of purpose on life. But it's also forced me to pass through a valley of humility in which I had to walk a mile in so many other people's shoes that I wouldn't have if I had this experience. And so because of this, I can empathize with people greater. I have the ability to understand what they're going through, to speak to it, and then really just inspire people. So I think my, my God's purpose for me on this earth is to have gone through this journey, to take these lessons and give them to other people. Now I have the ability to kind of like you, Jason, not nowhere near at the level that you do have the ability to travel the country, speak to people, uh, companies, teams, incarcerated veterans, and, and talk to them about my story. Um, and then also, uh, you know, kind of to get to the Green Beret Foundation, you know, the, the Green Beret Foundation was there for me and my wife from the moment I was hurt. And they, they, uh, they stepped up big time. So the, um, what I wanted to do was when I got to a place physically, mentally, and emotionally to be able to give back, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to be able to do what I could. So I started speaking around the country about what they did for me and my experiences, what Green Berets are. I mean, honestly, man, most people have no clue what a Green Beret does. And then also talk about the foundation and why it was so important. And over time, you know, became an ambassador and then had the opportunity to join the board about 18 months ago. And it's been an incredible experience. And I think for me, it's just kind of that continued mission of putting others above yourself. I love it. Kevin, you're doing all these great things. Okay. Um, the world needs to know who you are and where you can be found. So give us everything right now. Where can you be found? Where can I find Mr. Kevin? At? Go. You can go to my website, uh, woundedbywar.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at woundedbywar. I have a Facebook page, woundedbywar. And then I uh, do a lot of posting on LinkedIn under my real name of Kevin Fleck. All right. And Kevin, I want to take this time before we, we close up with uh, our last two minute thing we do here, which we'll tell you about to thank you for taking time out of your, your busy day. Jason, do you have anything before I wrap this up with, you know, what's going to happen? No, brother. I just want to say, I mean, as a guy who's been through that darkness, uh, amen, kudos to you uh, for you guys out there that are listening you know, you don't, you don't have to be a, um, you don't have to be a wounded warrior to be, be physically or mentally injured in this life or emotionally injured. You know, a lot of people out there that have gone through sexual trauma or they've had some sort of massive thing happen to them. And, uh, 
you know, you are, are living proof like I am. And there's so many others that are out there that are driving forward and they're setting that example. And we need more of that. So kudos to you, man. You're setting an example for your kids. You're setting an example for Ben Wise, uh, yeah. maintaining that legacy. And we got to keep doing that. Amen. You know what? I changed my mind. Yeah. I, I, mean, I want you to close. I like it. I don't, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I can do whatever I want because it's our podcast. But good, uh, I like it. you. Got more energy than me today. I'm just I'm glad just... you guys don't ask me to close. Yeah, come I, on, give it to no, me. I give don't. it to you're, me. Come on, you're a closer, bro. No, no, you're no, a closer. All right, so we close before uh, before we close. I just want to let you know, though, Jason. You know, throughout that whole process, man, you were a huge inspiration of mine, and it was guys like you that I looked up to and really helped me get through that. So thank you, thank you, my my honor, man. And uh, I will continue to do it. Like and like you, you know, we'll, we'll stay in contact afterwards and and look for ways that we can continue that mission. So, um, all right, we're going to wrap up the show. Two minutes of motivation. So basically we each take about 30, 45 seconds and basically talk about the word of the day to wrap up the show. So I'll kick it off. And uh, resilient, it is the ability to endure hardship and continue to get off that X and drive forward. Kevin, you're a shining uh, uh, example of that. And we need more people out there to understand it. I believe, um, Ray's going to give me shit, but I believe I write about this in the book, Overcome. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> when my book comes out, I'm going to do the same fucking thing. <laughs> but I talk about the fact that we are losing so grit and resiliency yeah. Yeah. in this country. I agree. That the uh, younger generations just, they, they don't, we're, we're pushing that away. And we need more people that have that grit and that resiliency, the ability to get up and drive forward when things are hard and figure out how to get themselves back on course. So anyone can do it. It is never too late when you are stuck, when you are hurting, when you're in pain and you think there's no way you can drive forward. There's way too many people out there that have done it before you. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop being a victim. Get up, be a victor, move forward and start setting the example for others out there. The only thing stopping you is you. You are the only one that can control whether you get off that X and drive forward or not. Hey, man, I'm going to take it next. And here's the deal, guys. To be resilient, you don't have to be a spec ops operator that's gotten shot between the two of them probably 20 times. You just need to be an individual who's going for hard times. And this is what I'll tell you. To be resilient, today people use shit that happens that's hard on them as a crutch. And this is what I'm going to tell you. Being resilient is a super fucking power. And I think the world society needs to have more people like Kevin that go through hard times and it doesn't have to be physical hard times. If you're married and your family, fitness, finance, and your faith, I am resilient because I refuse to fucking quit. I refuse to give up. I don't refuse to fail. I learn from failing just like I think all of us do, but I refuse to let bad things in my life dictate who I am or what I'm going to be. And I think, sir, you are a shining example of that. Um, I salute you. I don't salute many SF guys, but I do. I I have nothing but respect for you. So on that note, you you finish you up. You have the final word, You have Kevin. the final word. Close us out. Yeah, I think, you know, hitting on the topic of, of resilience, right? Uh, you know, I say the life is going to present you with a lot of crucibles. Some of them are going to last a day, some of them a month, a year. Some of them are going to last your entire life and it's up to you, right? You, you don't get to necessarily decide everything that happens to you in life, but you definitely get to decide how you're going to react to that, right? So instead of acting negatively towards it, doing the woe is me, the pity card, right? You have to see these crucibles and you got to welcome them in your life because these are opportunities for you to refine your character, to grow, to become the best version of yourself. And when you make it through on the other end, you're going to be so thankful. Yeah, that's awesome. Powerful. I keep saying it. All right, Kevin. Well, man, it is an honor to have you on. Uh, You are the best Green Beret we've ever had on this show. You're the only fucking Green Beret Beret that's ever been on the show. (laughs) So... And after this, yeah. I'll probably hey, still be the only the one example, you know, bro. done with yeah. this community. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, as always, man, awesome. Thank you for being on. Thank you to all our listeners that are out there. You know, please, please spread the word about this show. But this has been another amazing episode of the Overcome and Conquer show. I am Jason Overcome Rep. And I am Ray Cash Care. And we are out. Boom. Thanks for listening to the Overcome and Conquer show. Tune in next time and please remember to subscribe on iTunes.
please visit overcomeandconquer.com. The Overcome and Conquer show is presented by The Project. The Project is a full immersion, 75-hour experience designed for men who know in their core they are not living up to their fullest potential. Rather than waking up every morning ready to dominate life, the mediocre man rolls out of bed and slides into the same unfulfilling routine they've unhappily been in for way too long. The Project is for men that have lost their eternal flame and motivation to conquer. It is for men living an unfulfilling life that lacks the excitement and purpose. If this resonates with you and you want to learn more, we encourage you to apply today at www.mdkproject.com forward slash OC show. Boom.